Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon, everybody. So it's been a long time since I've been on. I'm so glad to be back. I hope you guys are glad I'm back, too. So my guest isn't anybody new, but it's exciting still. Um, we chose a topic today that um, I think really is pretty universal. It's not something that just adoptees experience. Um, it's a topic of saying yes. Um, we as human beings say yes to everything and kind of learning not necessarily to say no, but maybe just learning what you say yes to. But today my guest is Anne Heffron. So everybody, welcome Anne. I'm glad you're back on with me again. Uh, thanks, Pam. I'm so happy to be here. So you and I were talking the other day about you know what we what we say yes to or saying yes to everything which that doesn't have to be the only thing we talk about today but you know you and I were talking about I think for one thing people say yes in this day and age for you know maybe financial reasons too you know what do we say yes to so i don't know what do you feel like you always say yes to about well, I suggested the topic of saying yes because I know that I had run the risk of uh, affecting our friendship, I think, because you had asked me to do a series with you, and I said yes. Yep. And then I I had to change my mind because I had also said yes to – I say yes to everybody, and then I don't write it yep. down. Yep. And um, and then my brain gets on overload and I panic because I don't want to be a flaky person. Right. And um, it, it's to have to tell someone that you can't do something after you emphatically say yes right. is, is not, not a good situation. So that actually, that moment in, in our like, in our friendship was a turning point for me because I I felt that I had hurt you and I felt like, Hmm, you know, you can't just throw around yeses. You really like, why are you doing it? Why did you just say yes before you thought about it? Cause I, I always think I can make time. You know, I always think I'm busy, but I'm sure I could, make an hour for Pam not thinking that it's a specific hour right, right? and that and that maybe actually I can't and it's I have to learn when someone asks me to do something I have to learn to take a breath because right. my initial impulse is to say yes yep. but I, I'm like That's a little true. kid I don't, true. Have, I don't have impulse control well, and, and you can't, and for, can't and always make an, that it would hurt always make time. Feelings. Yeah, yeah. No, you can't always. Like sometimes it just, and it, and sometimes it's not. What I'm finding is that it's not even about that you have conflicting things. It's that you 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 only have so much energy, and if you if you keep giving it away until your your cup is empty, and then you do things just for this because you said yes it seems like a lot of women in particular do that yeah they, they do things oh yeah they don't even know why they're doing them oh for sure i i definitely think women overstretch themselves no doubt and so and i have a question I have a, 
Yeah, mo- well, moms. Yeah. You might as well wear yeah. an apron that says yes on it. Or <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Or or, or no. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I, yeah can I, I ask you a question? Sure. Yeah, yeah. Because I was, I was thinking about how, like, as an adopted person, how saying yes, if, if that affected me at all. And I remembered a long time ago, I had this um, friend with this person. I wrote about it in my book, but he was a bank robber. I didn't know it at the time. And um, <laughs> I just thought he was someone I was writing with. But he asked me, you know, he was about pushing boundaries. And he asked me, what is something that you would never do? And I thought about it. And I was 21. And it really scared me because I thought, well, a, a basic answer is I would never kill anyone, right? But I thought, well, but if someone was trying to kill my parents, I would kill that person probably to protect my parents. And I, I it was it was like I couldn't say no to anything because I didn't know who I was. And granted, this is true of people, adolescents in general, but I feel like it's even more for adoptees because how can I say no to things when I don't know who, like what if you asked me to do something and my gut said no, but then my brain says, how do you even know what you like? How do you even know? Like maybe you should just do it. And so I find myself in life really having a hard time saying no to things because I have no clear boundaries of who I am, what's acceptable behavior for me, and um, yeah, that. Yeah, I don't like for you. I don't. Yeah, I don't. I think it's hard to say no. I think it's hard to say no, and and hard to say. Not to say yes. I think we're like right in that middle line. I don't think they're – I think it's always been that that way because exactly what you said. I don't think we want people not to be our friend. I think that that's right. always been the, the difficult thing. So – or I think there's an even more difficult issue that we don't want to be left out. Right. So even more that, you know – you want to say yes, and you don't want to let people down. I don't want to be left out. So mm-hmm. I think that's a, a, an even bigger issue for me. But I've learned even more, I think, in the past, maybe maybe past year maybe, is to not not worry so much about being left out. It's okay to be left out, you know. You can't yeah. be when in everything. When you say left out, what do you, what do you mean? Like, what does that mean to you? Well, you know, you can't be a part of everything. You can't, right. you know, you can't, you can't be, you can't be and touch everything that's going on, you know. There's going to be big mm. things that go on that you can't be a part of, you know. Yeah. Because there's so many great things that go on in this, in this adoptee world that, you know, your friends are a part of that sometimes you don't get to be a part of. You just, it, right. it's just impossible. And and it sucks, but sometimes you don't get to be a part of it. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, you know, like somebody, will, all the, your friends, uh, you know, like your adoptee peeps will get together and you don't get to be a part of it. And you're like, dang it, you know. And, yeah. you, you know, it's not... It's not like, you know, you're that really that upset, but, you know, it's like, poop, I'd like to be there, you know. 
Um, yeah. But it, do you but it's feel like, like they're saying? Do you feel like they're saying no to you in a way? If you're like, even oh. if they're not really. No, yeah. not really. But you know, yeah. you just know that they're all together, and you don't get to be a part of it. Yeah. You know. Right. Yeah, right. it's more just. You know, but I think in and uh, you know, and I I saw an, another adoptee say this, and I don't remember who it was, but. Um, but she had said the same thing, and it was years ago, and I, I really hadn't thought about it, and I think I did recognize it at the time, but I just moved on. But she had said the same thing, and she didn't want anyone not to like her. That was another right. thing. She desperately did not want someone not to like her, so she would constantly do everything so that everyone would like her. It didn't matter how overbooked or how overstressed or whatever she constantly was doing everything she could do you know so that everyone would like her that was like that was her goal and that's another thing I think that a lot of us have so and that doesn't just go for adoptees I know you know um of course Marcy isn't (laughs) here to speak for herself but Marcy and I've talked about that you know um you know that None of no one likes that though. No one doesn't want everyone to like them. I mean, that's always you know. No one goes, oh, I would like someone not to like me, you know. But I think but I in think it's this different for adopted people because adopted people, yeah. I think it goes back to actually, if you don't like me, it's it's like you won't take care of me, and then I'm gonna die. Right. Because right. That's right. more a survival instinct from being it an is. infant. It and, is. Sure. Yeah, as I always say, there's that, there's that um, extra. I don't even know if it's that percentage, but I always say that extra twenty percent or that extra bonus amount. You know, we have that amount to us that, you know, everyone has it, but there's that extra layer, and you know, it's undeniable, and right. we just live with that, and it. I don't think we, I don't know if we ever outgrow it. I think we kind of start to recognize it and we get more conscious of it. And I think we, you know, try to deal with it, you know, but I'm not sure how far we move, you know, away from it. So I, I don't know if you, if well, you, I had if, one, I, I had an aha moment where, so I, I wrote a blog post about this because a, a few weeks ago I was looking at uh, my reviews on Amazon and this woman had given me a one star and she said, and so basically her review was a big no to my book. And she said that I had no story that I blamed everything on adoption, that she was glad I had read my book because now she would never adopt someone. And that I repeated myself and she lists, she basically listed all the reasons why it took me 30 years to write a book because I was so afraid that people like her would say no to me, would say no to my story, would say right. no to my, my brain works. But what had finally flipped was that I said yes to myself. And I don't, I feel like if she and I had dinner and we talked, she, she would have a better understanding of who I was but it didn't trigger me. Like I didn't feel like I was a bad person after I read her review or I just felt, so I I felt like instead of feeling rejected and then that I was going to die, I just felt like, frankly, I thought what an idiot. (laughs) Uh. Like like that. 
and, and I was glad that she said that she would never adopt someone because can you imagine that's what oh, things right. exactly. going the way they are is that we're not heard or understood. Um, yeah. So we don't feel heard or understood. I, I have another qu- question that I was, because I was thinking about this conversation that we were going to have today and I was okay. thinking about how does, like when you asked me to do this um, this blog today and I said yes to you, and I felt in my body, I felt really good. Like I didn't feel a panicky feeling because I knew for sure I could do it. Right. And, and I was thinking, okay, how does a real yes feel in your right. body? Like how, how do right. you know it's a good yes? Right. Like what was the last thing that you said yes to that you felt really good about? And then what was one thing that you said yes to that actually you felt differently about? Oh, gee. Um, I'm like you though. I, I just always say yes to everything. I mean, I, yeah. I always do. Um, why? I don't know. Um, well, I think, um, I said yes to doing another, to doing another podcast, which that was a good yes. Cause I mean, you know, mm-hmm. not that I don't love this one because I do, cause this was, mm-hmm. you know, my creation. So, you know, this was a good yes too, but. Um, so this was actually, this will be like my third set of creation of podcast because I did one before this. So there was another one and, um, I was really excited about it. It's not come to total fruition yet. It's in its like infant Mm -hmm. stages, but that was, but, um, but when you said it was a good, yes, how do you know, like in your body or your mind, what do you feel that lets you know that that was a good, yes? Because I think like you, I know there's time and space. You know, yeah. um, or or even if there's not, that there will, I will find a way, you know, like, or not yeah. even necessarily that, but that there is that. But I think there is still in the back of your mind, there's that nervousness that there's not. But, you know, um, but I I can't think of, I can't think of uh, a yes that I, that was not good, but when there's not, I know that, I know when there's not because, then I can't think of how I will make it work. You know what I mean? Mm, then there's that yep. feeling that, you know, oh, crap. <laughs> you know, how am I going yeah. to fit in? But, yeah, like that. Or, you know, I know that there's not really the time and I'm going to have to. Somehow, though, I always make it work, you know. So mm. yeses that are impossible, somehow I make them work. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I think the the yeses that aren't so time allotted will make your stomach hurt and <laughs> you're like, why did I say yes? You know, and then you're worried and you um, you didn't set aside the time or you're now thinking, why did I do that? But, you know, it's funny though that sometimes those yeses that make, you know, me worried or, you know, like we're thinking they're the bad yes, sometimes those yeses turn out to be the best ones that I, you know, even though I didn't think it was, it turns out being the best, which is weird. Yeah, that makes it confusing because then you, yeah, it's true. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's why I get mad at myself because even when, when I think that the time is not allotted and I was like, why did I say yes? When I'm finished, I go, 
why that was perfect you know see i should you know you know so mm-hmm. like you and i were saying I just started saying yes to everything. So I stopped telling myself to say no. Now, if there really is, um, I think I can't do it or there is, you know, too much, I will say no. I mean, you know, I've gotten to the place now. I know better. You know, if there's really too much going on, I will say no. I mean, I really don't say yes to everything. I'm getting better about that, I think, in this in this grown-up world, <laughs> you know my my friend my friend two weeks ago she asked me if I would go to this. Um, so I you know I live in Santa Cruz and it's kind of hippie here. And she asked me if I would go to this ecstatic dance thing. And I don't dance. I'm super awkward. Right. I'm terrified of dancing. And <laughs> my whole body my whole body said no, but I said yes uh-huh. because. Because I, instead of paying attention to my body, I paid attention to my in, my life's intention, and my life's intention is to be free, healthy, and wild. And so, it, it it while my body was terrified of going to this ecstatic dance, and my mind, my yeah. if I looked at what I want from my life, and I think this is what I haven't always been able to look at, you know, have these broader goals. And so I said yes, and both of us were terrified. I mean, I cannot oh my believe goodness. that we showed up. And we did it. And it was, like, I just stared at the floor the whole time, right? I'm, I did it. And I'm dancing with all these hippies, and there's hippies everywhere. <laughs> and I'm a hippie now. And But afterwards, I was euphoric. And I That's felt so like, funny. Oh. And so then I, the next day I'm like, okay, I was afraid to go kayaking in the Santa Cruz Harbor by myself, but I'm going to do it. And I, and I wrote to my friend and I said, this is what I'm going to do. And 10 minutes later, he sends me a picture. And that day, a great white shark had attacked a kayaker in the Santa Cruz Harbor. <laughs> okay, well, that yes just became a no. Because I, I can face a lot of stuff, but I don't want to. I don't want to get eaten by a shark or. Even You're like maybe it. not. Maybe, maybe I shouldn't do that. You know, though, I think there's so many fears we have, though, and I, right. I, I don't know if that's. And I wonder if that is if adoptees are like that, though. Are we? Do we have so many fears? I mean, are I we so? so. You know? Think about what it was like. I mean, I think not every adopted person has this, but I believe that when I was born and right. there's there's that moment of when you hand the baby to the mother, that's the big yes, right? But right. we didn't have that. And so we had like this shocking moment of no. And then what we had was we had to do with, we had to figure out, okay, how am I going to make do? So right. I feel like in my body, I don't even know what yes feels like. Like I've been making do my whole life. Like, okay, these aren't my birth parents, but this is what, this is my life. Okay. This right. isn't my, even my real name, but okay. And so it isn't until just recently I realized that I just wrote a blog post about it because I realized that I have been numbing myself in one form or another since I can remember. And it started with sugar, it went to Diet Coke, it went to caffeine, like coffee. And I'm not, I don't, I guess luckily I don't do well with alcohol or drugs, but 
I just, I just, I realized that I don't even know what I want in my life because my, I don't even, I don't know what, if people just say, well, listen to your body, I can't, I don't know what my body is even, I don't know what yes feels like in a body, right? right? I don't, right. because my brain, my brain jumps in and says, well, you should like this or, you know, I, I and so just a couple of weeks ago, I talked to another adoptee who's a diabetic and she was telling me about how not eating a lot of carbs has affected her and made her brain so much more clear. And I, and eating is a problem for me, the way my brain reacts to it. And I always feel kind of lousy. And so I'm just practicing with, I've been practicing with just eating mostly protein. It's this crazy diet, but right. for the first time, I actually feel stable. And wow. I can't even, t- I can't even tell you, I don't even know who I am. I've been walking around these past three weeks in shock. It's like everything's <laughs> in slow motion. It's like everything's in slow motion. Because wow. my brain isn't doing this wild roller coaster of right. reacting to the food. So I don't have caffeine anymore, and I don't right. have sugar, and I'm really watching my carbs. And I'm not saying that I'm going to eat this way forever, but I think my body, I mean, I wrote about this yesterday. I found out that in the 60s, the formula we were given was made yeah. of corn syrup. I, I mean, so we were, we've been drinking sugar since since probably day one. Oh, I'm and sure. Sugar, yeah. sugar really affects your mood. It affects how your brain works. It affects depression levels. So how can we even know? Like a yes is a joyful thing, right? A sure. yes means like let me, I yes. And I don't know as a, there have been select moments in my life where I have felt purely like uh, this is who I am and I say yes to this right and for adoptees I I really feel like unless you had you know people some people are more resilient to that kind of trauma than others and I I don't think I was that resilient because it it whacked me (laughs) well I think I mean I mean they see how much sure we consume in you know a matter of time I mean everything we eat and you know you know what I mean it's bread, milk, everything. Right. I mean, it's it's in everything we. I mean, and you know, I stopped drinking caffeine. Now, how much that's helped, I don't know. You know, but yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, when you do twenty three and Me, it comes back with a list of, you know, everything. You know, you can have like uh, so gross. It even tells you if you have wet or dry earwax. I don't really need to know that. But oh, yeah. it tells like if you're a fast consumer of caffeine, you know, predisposition to Parkinson's right. and blah blah blah. But I mean, you know, um, you know, all these, you know, amazing things and it's good to know all those things, but you know, like you said, that sugar is huge in our lives and but I mean, there's so many other things that we consume that, you know, affects us, you know, how much protein like you said and I mean, but our our lives change so much with our diet, you know, and who we live but with affects. But you also think, because I was thinking that for me, sugar was the yes. Like, my life wasn't what huh. I wanted, so I would eat sugar or get caffeine, so I got a lift so that then I could feel, 
I mean, because last year, if someone said to me, well, someone did say to me, because caffeine gave me migraines, and, you know, he said, you got to give up caffeine. I said, I'd rather die. Right. Because oh, yeah, I agree. I couldn't imagine a, d- a day without that, like, pleasurable hit. And I oh, think yeah. That what, I, what I didn't realize was because I've been having – because I've been having these hits since forever, I didn't, I didn't even know I could feel a different way. Like I didn't know that life itself yeah. could give me the kind of joy I was trying to get from sugar because, because it had always been in my system. I felt despair or I felt like this big, no, like I, I was kind of saying no to life, right? Like I don't, I didn't pick this life. This life was given right. to me. And I right. don't feel 100% good about it because no one's talking about it. No one's addressing the issues that I have because of adoption. So can yeah. you have a piece of cake and a Diet Coke? Because I <laughs> feel I think I that sounds super fake, by the way. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, because really you get this lift, right? And you feel good about right. yourself. And you're like, yeah, this is awesome. Sure. I mean, I'll skip hey. the Diet Coke regular coke but <laughs> yeah yeah i like those weird drugs that are in diet coke it's awful i, I know like anymore but no i know it's weird because um i mean i won't go into details but i mean i i just stopped drinking coke i mean i'll drink like a sprite or a ginger ale now but no more coke anymore and huh. you know it's it's odd though i mean i was drinking three or four cokes a day no problem yeah. no problem so now that I don't have that, that's so strange, though. So, like you said, so our our mothers brought us home. Obviously, they weren't breastfeeding us, so they were feeding us that formula with all that sugar. And then for my brother and I, we had a milk, some type of milk allergy. So then, you know, my mom had to switch us to a soy formula. But I think we both had a soy allergy, too. So I don't think it helped much. So my brother, I think, probably suffered more than I did. But, um, yeah, that still had sugar in it. So what was that doing to us? Yeah, well, and that's what I feel like. It's like how can you – I mean, you think about when you're with a baby and how you please – yes is – I looked up what yes means um, in the dictionary and – it said that it thought it came from an old English phrase that means um, "may it be so." And I was thinking, you know, as as a as a baby, I don't think I looked around and said "may it be so." I think my whole system was like, "What the heck is going on?" Right? Like, yeah, every my my mother doesn't smell right. Right. The rhythm of life isn't right. Right. And, and so, like a pure yes still looking for it i still want to know like who am i and what feel what feels really good to me and i think you made it possible for me to go to the um to your conference and it was really important for you that i went and and i didn't normally it was a huge gift that you gave me and normally i would have said no because i didn't know you very well and it didn't really make sense to me that you would give me such a big gift. But I have been saying yes this year because to people who it seems like they're helping me become myself. And it's, 
still overwhelming to me that 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 you gave that to me. But the yes, made, saying yes to that made me, I think, more myself. Like that felt like a good. It was an uncomfortable yes, but a marvelous yes. Does that make sense? Well, I I knew I knew if you if you came, I knew that. I just I just had this feeling like you know there would be so much camaraderie and it wasn't about really what I was going what I was doing for you but once you got there what you would be able to do for yourself because mm-hmm. there there just was going to be I know so much that you would be able to connect with and you know I I knew it would be something you would you know you would enjoy and there just was going to be I, and for me too, because I couldn't wait for you to just meet all the people and yeah. just soak that all in. Because I remember what it was like for me that first time. I thought, "Oh my gosh!" But just like you, I mean, at one point I had to go to my to my room. I thought, "Oh my gosh, what the heck am I doing here?" You know, mm. and um, you know, I was in Ohio for my first one, but I think at my first or my second or my third, whatever, you know, I had to take a walk, you know. <laughs> I was like, uh-oh, yeah. you know, I mean, because there's a lot. It's a lot. And they and those were more intense than, than this one um, because it's a lot to take in. But each yeah. time you can absorb more and and you give more, you know what I mean? So it's it's amazing what you – what you are able to like take in like a sponge and then you also give out more. So it's, it's kind of this strange thing. And then, you know, the organization that I was a part of, there was the ability to be able to become part of, you know, the organization more. So, but you know, it's, it's just amazing. Um, yeah. And this one I think will be this next conference I think will be even bigger. So, Yeah. I'm pretty excited. You know, so. the other day I was doing um, yin yoga where you basically just lie on the floor and you stretch and you make, you you bring, um, you bring life into your connective tissue so that you can be bigger in essence. You can stretch out. And I was thinking that, that the sense that I had at the conference when I, when I needed to step out was that, Yin yoga, when you're stretching or even when you're getting a massage and you're being asked to relax, and when you relax, you become larger, right? It's because when you're tense, you're contracted. And I feel like that if we go back to the idea of when adoptees or adopted people are, are little, we contract. Fear makes you contract. And it was almost as if when I walked into that room full of adopted people, my body was starting to stretch out. And felt so good it was painful and right. pain is still pain even when it's good pain right? right and it's like I can't bear this right I have to get out of here and it wasn't and so part of it is learning to relax into your tr- true self right. after years and years and years of holding and, and, and of being in, in the fright or flight mode all the time right like oh, so yeah. many of us adopted people are jumpy 
And oh, yeah. Just, you know, someone taps me on the shoulder and I jump. Like, that's my body is saying no. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, sure. I mean, when you're at the I think we say no so much. So, as, yeah, I think we no say no so a lot. Much. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, well, that's adoptee suicide is the ultimate no, right? Oh, and, yeah. And we, and we work backwards from that. It's like how much resilience do you have? How many, to, how many tools do you have that prevent you from feeling that isolated? Um, right. And, and people are afraid to talk about it because it's so scary. But it's a, it's a yeah, no is... Um, well, no is easier, too, you know. Yeah, can you tell me about that? Well, I think, I mean, well, I, when I was asked to go to my first conference, I immediately said, nope, because I, yeah. I one, I was scared, two, I did, what, what, I was already in reunion for, gosh, 15 years at that point, so what did I, what did I need a conference for? Uh, I knew everything, right, right, I knew it all. Yeah. Right, I was smarter than everybody else. I didn't yeah. need camera. I knew it all. I knew nothing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know a thing. So, uh-huh. I mean, I really didn't. I I did know some stuff, and what I knew was right. kind of on the search reunion end. But I didn't know. I didn't know reactive attachment. I didn't know. Um, I didn't know that I needed all that camaraderie. I mean, I did on one end of it, but I didn't yeah. know the extent of it. And I didn't know, um, I really didn't know anything. I just had barely scraped the top level of what I needed to know. And there was yeah. so much more that I was just really just needed to just delve into and yeah, I was stupid, <laughs> but well, you know, it's, um, it's, it's, yeah. it's when you're first learning because I think you think you know you read about adoption and then you realize, oh yeah, okay, I have some of those issues, and then when you really get, if you really let yourself feel it, you realize that, or at least I did that. It's it was very overwhelming because I realized, I mean, my brain is made up of adoption and my organs are made up of adoption. And it's not just something outside of myself I can read about. It is every, everything that I do it right. is touched by adoption. And it's important to be in community because otherwise it, it does become, and not for everybody, but it can become a big no because it's like, right. well, I'm not that, and I'm not that, and I'm not that. And right. where do you – and there is relief at least in finding other people who feel the same way because the scariest thing is, is the aloneness, to have those feelings and to feel that you're crazy right. or alone. But yeah. I mean, and my I think goal that's, is it, Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think, well, and I think you feel alone. I mean, because I think every single one of us thinks whatever we feel, no one else feels that. No right. one else can feel what we feel, but that's exactly the opposite. We almost all yeah. feel like really similar things. I mean, yeah. sure, there's a talking so here and there, but it's so similar. And then when we all yeah. sit in those circles and we start talking, and I don't care if it's male or female, it's exactly the same thing. Is so similar, and it's when someone 
starts their, um, you know, speaking of whatever the feeling is, you can just see the nodding starting. And all similar right there. I mean, and I know a lot of times in in the one organization, you know, um, they sometimes divide it up into male and female. And I really, I mean, I see some advantage to that sometimes, but, you know, um, sometimes I don't think that's necessary because we're yeah. so similar reg- regardless of that. Yeah, um, I guess. You know, because. Yeah, I don't think that's necessary. And I like that inner bonding, whether it is male or female, because we are so similar regardless of that. Yeah, you know? and it's interesting. It may be even more healing for the men to have women in the room because right. they pro- they probably have, I mean, it, it might help with mother issues to actually form. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I know. You know so. I, go ahead. Well, I was just thinking that, so I feel like for the rest of my life, what I want to do is help adopted people and and people in general, but adopted people in particular, tell their stories. Because to me, that that is the foundational yes, is that you say, I mean, Whitman called it the the barbaric yelp, right? It's this is who I am. And Mm -hmm. just, I, I think that when I sat down to write about being adopted, it felt almost criminal. Like people were going to say I was lying. They were going to say I was crazy, but I did it. And then I had this weird feeling of having done it, but increasingly it's been a year now since it came out. And increasingly I've been getting emails from people saying that they had thought they were alone and they couldn't believe how similar our stories were. And the right. other day, someone wrote, wrote to me, and she said that reading my book was one of the three or four most important moments in her life because she realized she wasn't crazy and she was actually coming back to life. And I think wow. adoptees, or adopted people may feel like, you know what, there's already so many books out there about being right. adopted. Like, why is my story special? But right. Everyone's story is special, and even though they are so similar, there's right. so many people who haven't heard. Like there, I don't think there can be enough blog posts, blogs, or um, or um, or radio shows like yours about or movies about adoption because right. there's so many people who aren't going to see it. Right? Like we have to spread it all over because right. there's. There's the adoption community is huge because it's not just the adopted person; it's everyone who knows that person. Right. I'm not you sure know, where I'm going with this. I just got super excited because I was thinking this is it's so <laughs> important for everybody to tell their stories. Well, it is because I don't. You know, it's funny because like even as much as you and I talk about it, and as much as um, we feel like we're saturated with it, and I know you and I have talked about. You know, I feel like. You know, my, like, I, sometimes I feel like my, my uh, you know, podcast gets lost and, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. Um, you're right, because it's, there's there's just so many. And honestly, I've been doing it for 27 years. And wow. I feel like people will still go, oh, 
you're out there and I'm like, oh my gosh, how can you not know about it? I mean, I've literally been talking about this for 27 years. How do you not know? How do you not know? And, yeah. you know, and it's, um, it's our whole world. And right. It is. So, and people, there's, there's so right. much out there in the world. I mean, a yeah. year ago, I didn't know. I, I thought I was, I thought I was, I thought I was breaking new ice in my book by saying that adoption's trauma. <laughs> right. Well, but you know, it's me. Yeah. Because, you know, not everybody knows. And, you know, when I, no, I think when I did my reunion in 1990, People would come up to me and go, oh, my gosh, you need to be on Oprah. And I thought, well, that's so funny to mm-hmm. say now, which, one, she's not even on anymore. But but people would go, oh, my gosh, you need to you need to be on Oprah. Because, one, yeah. you know, my birth parents had married each other. Well, that's not a true story anymore, but it was at the time. And, <laughs> you know, the whole siblings and, I mean, it was this fairy tale reunion, you know. And, I mean, they were like, oh, my gosh, you need to do this, and you need to go. And, you know, it was in the paper, and, it I mean, it was, like, everywhere. And they were, like, you know, and people were just amazed by it. And, you know, it was just this whole consuming thing. And now it seems like it's just a, you know, a drip. But it's still, even though mm. there's a lot of these drips and there's a lot of this, it's still not enough because we still don't mm. have open records in all the states. So, you know, we still need to keep talking about it. And actually, I did see, I don't know if you saw that there's a movie coming out. I think it's Woody Harrelson is doing a movie that he's, I guess, going, he's going to find his daughter that he relinquished or that was given. Oh, is it Hero? Maybe that's the name of it, I think. It's, yeah, it's yeah. someone, it's not Woody Harrelson. It's a, yeah, it looks wonderful. Is it Woody Harrelson or no? Is it not? Uh, no, it's that guy that all women over 40, or not a lot of women over 40. It's the guy with the white mustache and the deep voice, I think. Oh, I don't know. Who, I don't know. That's Maybe I thought it was yeah. him. I thought yeah. I said it was, okay, whoever it is. But um, there, there, there could be two movies. Maybe there is. I don't know. Um, yeah. But, yeah, so, you know, I don't care. There needs to be a million movies made of, you know, you know, guys also end up on this, and I'm not saying that it's a birth mother's, you know, you know, fault or anything like that. But there are, you know, there are men who don't know that, you know, babies were relinquished or for one reason or another, right. you know. But there's a guy's side to the story too, you know. Right, right. And I well, mean, you know, my fa- my father was saying the other day. So I've written a book about being adopted, right? And I have a blog, and I talk about it. And he said that his my mom died, so he has a girlfriend now. And my dad was saying that his girlfriend's son, they've adopted a, a daughter from um, Asia, um, you know, years ago, and that now as a teenager, she, or no, she's a, she's a child, and she's having anger issues. And I just look at my dad, and I said, well, it's, have they thought about the connection to adoption? And he said, no. And I, 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 I didn't even know what to say. I was furious. I, I just felt like, right. well, how big a plank do you guys need me to like, hit you over the head with? Because yeah, do you need I mean, a two-by-four or a six-by-eight? Yeah, what, what do you need? Yeah, I think little kids who are adopted should have T-shirts that say adoption, like F. 
you know, little signals F me up. Just so that Oh, I, so I, I have my I have my own um I have my own crew with a with a uh, plug in my ear. It is Woody Harrelson, the movie's called Wilson. Oh, Wilson. Okay, awesome. Wilson. Okay. Yes. He he portrays a man who learns that he had a daughter that was placed for adoption and he searched to find her. How about that? I have my own crew. Well, do you know what? Actually, we have my writing partner and I have a movie in pre-production right now about a woman who goes to search for the um, the child she gave up for adoption. How about that? Hey, can I act in it? <laughs> yeah, of course. Oh, I, I was saying to you know we're. We're bringing some good stuff. Well, I can't say it on the air because that will blow our conference thing. But anyway, I'll tell you off air. But anyway, I was saying to okay. somebody that I'd love to act in a play. Of course, I have no <laughs> I have no acting <laughs> lessons. That's, I said, anyway, that's okay. It, it'd be great. So, life. yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so this movie should be good. So that proves that my okay, board okay. secretary is listening to our show. Go, Jennifer. <laughs> Hey Jennifer, big, big uh, hi Jennifer. Uh, hi Jennifer. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's like it's like it's doing like doing a talk show and having the mic in your ear. She's she's. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I love that. Um, hey, so but yeah, you know, there's. Say, what were you gonna say? I was gonna say that for you. I mean, I don't know what what being adopted was like for you as a kid, but is there a moment? Like I remember uh, as a kid in um, in sixth grade in art class, we had to draw our shoe, and I re- I remember I drew my shoe and I really loved the drawing and I showed it to my mom and I felt like, you know what, like yes to me, right? Like this is me. And my mom, she liked it and she filed it away. But I think what I was craving was for her to say, you are really talented and let's get you in some art classes. And that would have felt like a bigger yes. Right, right. Instead, what I learned was, okay, my mom, she says yes to writing, right? Like that's where you get praise. Right. So focus on writing and reading because art's not such a big thing. Like, gotcha. do, do you remember yeah. a time where you where you yep. felt like, oh, this is a yep. yes? Yeah, what was it? Yeah, it was uh, athletics because I did gymnastics and stuff, and I wanted to run. And I remember I we did some I did something at school and I ran and I won the race. And you know, my mom was not athletic at all, and she wanted me to be very athletic, which I kind of was. But I ended up injuring myself. But, but yeah, I mean, I think she did, sort of. But see, she wanted me to be more uh, ballet and you know gymnasticy, and I wanted to be more of a runner. And she didn't really want me to do that. And I won this race, and she was like, oh, "Okay, yeah, that's great." <laughs> I mean, not in a bad well, way. I well, mean, it was. I mean, she was yeah. like. She, I mean, she was like, she praised me, but I mean, you know, my mom it. had wanted to be, I think, more, um, you know, I think my mom maybe wanted to do more dancing and things, and so, but I think that's always true, what, she wanted to give me what she didn't have, you know what I mean, so she was trying to do, you know, something for me that she didn't get, maybe, so, and, you know, I think I liked it, but then I'd always be like, okay, I don't want to do it anymore, you know. <laughs> I'm done, 
but you know, it's you just get into it, and then you're like, okay, I'm bored now. I'm done. Get me out. <laughs> I'm I'm done with this. I'd rather go run, and then I ended up injuring myself my freshman year in high school, and I hurt my knee really bad. So then I couldn't do anything. And then I gained thirty pounds, and, <laughs> and then nothing but happened you, you to anything. Funny, and, and this is this is you know this is just me. I don't know. I, I, I don't, I don't, when I talk to adopted people, it's not uncommon to hear about a lot of illnesses and a lot of injuries. And I yeah. can't, I'm just suspicious that it's like, and I know this may sound kind of hokey, but this is why it's hard to talk about the effects adoption has. Cause it does sound like I'm just blaming it on everything, but I, I wonder, you know, if your mother wasn't fully supportive of your running, you know, if you, if maybe you wouldn't have been injured, like if it isn't a way of the body saying, okay, like I don't want to be different. It's hard going off on my own. It's hard doing something that my parents don't approve of it. And I understand that non-adoptive people may also, it's, you know, how do you individuate from your parents? But it is different from adoptees because, because of the trauma of separation. And I just, I, I encourage, I think that, when parents adopt, they just have no idea what their kids, what skills their kids have. And for them to think, you know, that they're going to sculpt these kids to be like them is, is a big no to the kid, right? Mm-hmm. It's like ignore, ignore your natural instincts and right. you're on our ship now. So we're going to play by these rules. Right. And it's, I think it's I think it's crippling. I think the bo- the body and the mind don't just shift like that. Yeah. It's, yeah. My injury yeah. was pretty severe. I mean, we went to specialists and 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 everything. I mean, it's. I guess. I mean, you know, it's. I don't know. I you know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's something to be said for. I know. I think. I think we go through a lot of injuries. You know. What I mean. I think. Mind, body. Yeah, it's part of it's part of life. Yeah, it's all. But it's just something worth paying attention to, right? It's like, uh, okay, how as parents can we say? How can we best say yes to these children that we adopt, so that they can then say yes to themselves? That's true. That's true. Yeah, like my I daughter, mean, one one reg, one regret I have. She's not adopted, and one regret I have is that. She told me once she wanted to go to cheerleading camp, and I said no. And it's because I had my own ideas of of what it was I wanted her to do, and I didn't want her to be a cheerleader. And I <laughs> I regret that. That's not my business. <laughs> well, you know. you know, though, I mean, I think as parents we do, you know, we want our kids to be a certain, you know, we want things for them, you know, right. and right. We're just very careful for them, you know. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I mean, yeah. I don't know. We want, yeah. I mean, we do. We want certain things for them. I mean, and we're very. I think we're just. We just try to guide them. You know, that's just how we are for our our children. I mean, you know, we we guide them in the direction we want them to go. I mean, there's something to be said for that. That we know. We think we know what's best for them. Right. But there's also the idea of, you know, if the biggest picture is that I want to help you find what your natural gifts are and then help you bring them to fruition, 
you know, what, yeah. what if her natural gifts are, I, I don't know, jewelry, it's like being a jewelry set. For <laughs> yeah. I, I, I never, I was very, I was very careful with my kids though. I, I really, I very much let them, you know, decide. I totally did not push them in any direction at all. Mm-hmm. And I, but I'm not saying that maybe, I mean, I, I made plenty of other mistakes. <laughs> I mean, I, I warped them in many other ways. But, you know, like, I really wanted them to decide what they wanted to do with their life. I mean, you know, but I think, you know, we still guide them in different directions. And, and you know, you know, you, I could tell, you know, especially with my youngest, I thought he was going to go one direction, and he did not want to go that way. And in the middle mm-hmm. of a full to it, well, not, well, one year was, like, fully paid for, he was like, nope, and <laughs> stopped stopped that one semester and, and went completely left, changed directions, and went to become a youth pastor and, I mean, got things figured out, got the tuition covered, and went six hours, you know, six hours away from here. I mean, you know, it just shows, you know, that they have their own mindset. And, you know, right. I, I mean, you we cannot... I guess what that shows, though, and I guess looking at it now, how focused are we? Because, and, you know, that's a biological connection. So here we are taken from our parents, plopped into another family. So what makes society think that they're just going to take babies away from parents and we're not going to find our way back? How how do they think we're not going to find our way back? Because we are. Mm. We're going to find our way back. Because uh, my, you know, my kids are so smart and so driven, right? And nothing is going to deter them from what they want. None of them. Mm. So, and my oldest, uh, who is not biologically mine, um, you know, I mean, he was around his mother for almost fourteen years, but you know, he's now around me. So I kind of. You know, I kind of have gotten to experience what an adoptive parent might feel, you know, and what that might be like. But so now he's sort of, you know, mine in a way, you know, so I kind of get that mm. what that might be like. But I absolutely wouldn't change that situation around. So now I'm mom, so I, now I kind of, you know, have to see what that feels like. And, well, you know, I have to think every day what that might be like. And now I'm the grandparent in the situation and... You know, so I, I kind of have gotten to see all sides of this. But, uh, you know, but you back know, to when my... You say that, but when you say that nothing is going to deter them from what they want. Yeah. If adoptees, yeah. If adoptees are sitting around saying yeah. yes to everything they think they're supposed to say yes to. Right. That, that deters them. Yeah, it does. Yeah. That's true. I Maybe think our so. Next talk should be about saying no. <laughs> yeah, it, well, that's true. I think I think we've got to learn to find this happy medium. But right, you know, it's. I think sometimes it's fear. Sometimes it's like you said, you know, hurting people's feelings. It's, you know, maybe it's financial. Well, it's not valuing yourself. It's like if you if you have a real sense of how much you're worth and what your boundaries are. If someone asks you to do something, it either it, it either 
works for you or it doesn't, right? It's not this whole, you don't have to go through all these internal negotiations of, will they like me? Will I be okay if they don't like me? Uh, there's, I, I feel like there's a lot that goes on when someone asks. Maybe we should have to talk about boundaries too. Yeah, let's talk about boundaries because I have none. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> boundaries and no. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd love to find a boundary. <laughs> Finding boundaries, saying no, yeah. and yeah, yeah. But I, yeah, I definitely, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But I, I, I think there's this connection, and I think that, you know, if anything anybody should learn in this in the adoption process is that, you know, there is a connection to, and, and even if, you know, the, the birth mother doesn't want to meet or whatever, there's still this connection regardless. There is this, you know, whatever, I don't even know what we can call it, but we're always connected somewhere in this ability of, you know, the reunion process, whether, you know, we like it or not, it's, it's there, you know, that's just how, yeah how we're made. But yeah, you know, we're, we're just forever. And I think we're connected to each other. I think adoptees have this connection. I think that's why we all, you and know, that's like, the best part. And that's the best part of being adopted uh, to me. Yeah, is, it is. It's the community. And, the, and you brought that to me, so thank you. Well, well, I'm glad. I'm glad you did it. So I want to talk a little bit about since we're getting close to closing out here. Um, yeah. Which I'm glad you came to that because this one next year is big for us. Um, we are going to be celebrating our opening of records because we fought so hard mm-hmm. for that. That's going to be July of next year. I'm just going to keep mentioning that because hopefully Indiana people will be listening. That's July 1st. Um, We're planning behind the scenes. We're planning an opening day something. (laughs) We haven't quite figured it out yet. Um, They've already got uh, paperwork figured out. There's a CPF form figured out. Um, If you haven't registered, Indiana people, you can go ahead and register. Um... You can go to the IN.gov. You can go to our site, which is indianaadoptinetwork.org, and you can find your way through. The forms are on there, 47896 and 47897. You can email either one of the three of and we can help you through all of that, so we'll help you figure it out. Um, and then don't forget our conference, because that will be next year on the 20th. On the 21st of 2018, it's going to be an indie this year, and that's not far from the airport, and it's going to be at the Crown Plaza, and it is beautiful, and it has a train car, actually two train cars, um, and they've reserved rooms for us so you guys can actually And there's regular rooms, too, so you don't have to stay in the train cars. But it's gorgeous. <laughs> And we'll have all of that ready to go, and we'll have announce speakers and all of that. So, anyway, thanks for joining me today. I'm so glad you were on, and we'll do another show. And thanks for coming on. I really appreciate it. Bye, Pam. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks, guys. Until next time, you guys.
it'll be great, and I'm glad you guys could listen, and hopefully we'll, Ann and I'll do another show. It'll be about saying no. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. All right. Blue skies and green lights, everybody. Have a great day, you guys. Thanks. Bye.